last year, there was a, a vision given over the house by uh, Brother Jim Boyd, and he, offer, he operates in the Office of, of Prophet here at Crossroads. It's such an exciting and encouraging word. It was word of the shifting winds. Anybody remember that? Yeah, come on. And I've got to witness even firsthand, not only in my own life, but in the lives of others here and people and some of the awesome relationships I have of, of you grab a hold of that vision and of you start to develop into changing, just say yes to God and just to watch him as, as that shifting wind comes through. It was, it was a word of, of comfort for us. It was a word of encouragement, a word of renewal, right? And, a, and just a, a word of resurrecting things that maybe you thought were dead. Maybe you felt you were in a place that God had forgotten about you, but he was bringing back to life and he was doing a new thing. And, amen. And it's because there's things that he wants to do in us personally. And there's things that he wants to do over this region as he has given the vision for us to reach this region for Jesus. Amen. And to see not only our own lives, but the lives of others transformed. And so that he had just really put that vision on my heart. And like I said, with that shifting wind, that new thing that he's doing, he's just started working on me. And, and I really am glad for people like that, who like Brother Jim and others here who just have that boldness when the Lord speaks something to them and they, and they are just obedient to share that word. And so a couple of weeks ago, I'm on the ministry team and we have a, a pre-service team huddle and we pray together and we pray for, for everyone here and, and what the Lord wants to do in the service. And Brother Jim, again, Jim Boyd had another word and in the word he heard from the Lord and he had a vision that went with that. And it was pitch your wings. And he said that he saw an eagle flying and, and the eagle was soaring with its wings out that as the wind started to blow, he pitched his wings and it brought him to a greater glory. It brought him to higher elevation. And that's what God is wanting to do is the winds shift. That wind, that will, that heart that he has for you, that as it comes your way, as there's a change and you hear from the Lord and you feel that, I got some Eagles fans up here, I just thought of that. <laughs> As it starts to blow and it starts to change and we want to ride that wind. Some of you, the other words I heard was raise your sails. Maybe that equates a little bit. I don't know if we have any sailors in here, but if you're in the boat, the wind could be blowing all around you. But if your sails are down, if you're not, if, if you're just sitting there, you'll just sit there. You're not going to move. And so we want to raise our sails. We want to pitch our wings to the move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I just be believe in the discerning of my spirit. What I hear is that through these shifting winds that God is wanting to pour out his, and he is pouring out his spirit more and more and increase over us as a body of believers, over this land, over this region, to give and empower us, to let us to taste and see and understand his heart for what he wants to do, not only in your lives, but through your lives, amen? And so if you got your Bibles this morning, could you turn to, this, to Acts chapter two? We're gonna look at verses 17 and 18. Yeah, come on. Yeah. I love it. I, I uh, watched the movie, The Shack, with my, my wife last night for the second time. I cried more the second time, even though I knew what was coming. Bring tissues if you go watch it. I'm just telling you. I was just thinking about when, she was, when, when he was sitting with Papa talking about Jesus, and she was saying, well, you need to go talk to Truth. Truth, yeah, he's in the woodshed. Oh, 
truth. So we're getting into the truth. That's why we're excited about the word. So, okay. 17, I love, this is an awesome passage. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, says God, that's a good one, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Hallelujah, yeah. Come on, so he, this is Peter, right after the day of Pentecost, right after the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that fell on the 120 that were in that upper room. And he is testifying and he is, he is preaching out of Joel and of King David. He is testifying to what the Lord had said and promised so long ago has come now. And he's saying, what did he say? Who would it be poured out on? He said, all flesh. Can you raise your hand this morning and say, I am all flesh. Amen. That means you. That means he wants to pour his spirit out upon you. Amen. And he wants to empower you. He wants to share his heart with you. He wants to share that heart. See, in John 15, 15, he no longer, I've got it up for you here. He's, Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all the things I've heard. what he say? All the things I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And it's his will. So you are not an orphan. Amen. We've got to get that. That's one of the shifting winds things personally for me that I've made adjustments to is my identity. This past year and the other times you may have heard me speak, I've talked a lot about that because that is so huge because when you realize you are no longer an orphan, that you are a son, you are a daughter, those who have called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you don't beg anymore. You don't have to beg. An orphan has to beg someone to receive. And as a son and a daughter, the, your father has prepared a table for you, set a table before you. And as a son and a daughter, you get to go to your papa's table. Amen. Amen. You get to sit and eat and partake. You receive from him. So we want to receive as friends of God. And we want to say yes to that. So this, this, uh, this wind that's blowing, this wind of change that's coming, the, the move of the Holy Spirit that's taking place in our lives personally, in our region, it is an invitation. It is an invitation from the Lord. And God is looking for you. We talked, to, amen, that was a Holy Ghost moment this morning. We got to hear, do you want to say yes? We had a decision to make this morning, amen. Many of you made that decision and praise God that you had taken this opportunity to say yes to him. And you know, you think of, you know, when we hear, okay, well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, Greg. There's a move of God that's a big deal, and I know God wants to, to do something in my life, but, man, that sounds so hard. There sounds so complicated, and it sounds religious. And No, 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 we've got to break this thing down. We've got to understand that God simply wants to partner with his creation. He wants to connect with you, and he wants to, to take you from point A to point B. But as, as children of God, sometimes we look at the in-between, we want, we want point B, we're at point A, but the in-between is this mountain, and we know that the Word tells us that He is a mountain-moving God, amen? But He's not saying to you, okay, this is what I want you to do, now you figure out the in-between. He's not saying that. All He's asking you for is, will you follow me? Will you say yes? 
Your yes is like a key to a car. A key in and of itself is small and kind of insignificant. But when you take that key and you place it into the ignition of your car or a piece of heavy equipment or something, you can go great places, you can move mountains, a big old uh, track hoe and, and machinery can take that mountain right out. So all God's asking you, don't try and figure it out. He's just looking for your yes and he wants to partner with you in that. So I've got some, speaking of keys, I've got four keys that God has put on my heart this morning to share with you, okay? And these keys are, are pretty, pretty simple, really, and they're, they're not tough. We can all do this stuff. So the first one is to become childlike. You've heard that said in the Bible. Here's Matthew eleven twenty five. 25. I love this. Jesus says, as he, he said, thank you, Father. He's praying. He says, thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. You've revealed them to whom? To babes. And so he's not talking about wisdom here. And he goes on to say, in Matthew 18, verse 3, I don't have that on the board for you, but he said, unless you come to me like a child, unless you do that, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So that's a pretty bold statement. Amen? Wow. So when we think about being kids, I, I, I shared a story first service. I remember sitting his hot summer day, my grandfather, my papa, he cracked open a watermelon, cut it up, and he handed it to me, and I was pretty young, and and, uh, you know, it's when we have children eating watermelon, we want to be careful, right? We want to be careful of the seeds that's in them. You know, hey, don't swallow the seeds. So I was always told, don't swallow the seeds, don't swallow the seeds. So I'm just chomping away at this thing, and inadvertently, I swallowed a watermelon seed. And so my eyes got kind of big, and Papa looks at me and goes, son, what, what's going on? I said, I swallowed a watermelon seed. And he looks at me, he goes, oh, no. <laughs> You're going to have a watermelon growing in your belly now. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? No. I mean, it may look like I have one growing now, but I promise you, that's not, that's not the case. But I mean, I was just, I mean, why would Papa lie to me? I just received, I'm like, what? And uh, you remember Toby Beatles, I used to, me and Toby used to play all the time. He, his dad had a farm there in Ellery and we were out playing one day and his mom had called us in to lunch. And uh, so we went in to wash up and I thought it was pretty cool because they had two sinks. At my house, we just had the one sink. So I thought, hey, we can just get in here and wash up for, for dinner, right? And so he's, he grabs the zest or whatever it is, you know, that's what I'm used to, the green bar, right? And he's washing his hands. And so I'm like, well, there's another sink over here, but there's some kind of weird looking soap, you know, it's kind of clear looking weird. I don't know. I'd never seen anything, any kind of soap. I don't know, it's fancy soap. So I grab it, I start washing my hands and he just stops. He looks at me, he goes, that's my mom's soap. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I didn't know. I'm sorry. He goes, no, that's not it. I'm like, what? He goes, you're going to turn into a girl. I'm like, what? No. So I'm like, I'm rinsing my hands. I'm like, I'm freaking out. And you guys are thinking, man, Greg was super gullible when he was a kid. But I'm telling you, it just scared the life out of me. I'm like, oh man, no, this can't happen to me. Lord, why? <laughs> but a child's heart just wants to receive. A child's heart knows that you can't earn revelation. It knows that, that when we have a childlike heart, we trust what daddy wants to say to us. We don't, you know, it's only when we start to get older that we start to reason with him. Well, I know you're saying this, God, but I, I think I got a better way or I'm not sure. I just, I, I can't see it in the natural, God. I can't see how you're going to change the situation with my marriage, or I can't see how you're going to change the situation with my kids. So I don't believe I need to do that. I, I'm going to go my own way. And we want to become like children and receive and believe uh, like a child does. 
So moving along, number two, obey what you know. We want to obey what you know. Last week, pastor talked about the talents, the parable of the talents. One was given five, one, two, and one was given one, right? And we know what happened with the five and the two. They, they invested and then they were blessed. But the one, eh, they hid it away. And God has given each and every one of you talent to some degree, an ability. He has spoken into you either directly through someone else to encourage you or bless you. And he desires that you would take that. Take what he's given you, obey what you know, and run with that. Because clarity is going to come to those who are willing to obey and to do the things that he's given you. Amen. Um, John 15, I think we've got that up here. John 15, 9 through 10. As the Father, as the Father loved me, I also loved you. He says, abide in my love. You can put obey there. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Jesus said, listen, guys, I did this, so you need to do it as well. Abide, obey what you know. He's looking for good soil to invest in. Amen. Are you good soil? Are you saying yes to God? Just like we're investing in this field in India, it's a good soil, and it's going to change the world. It's going to change People who have absolutely no hope. He wants to bless you. Yeah, come on. Amen. He's looking for that surrendered heart, that good soil. Number three, we're going to live by faith. Got a couple scriptures back to back. This is a famous faith verse. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And could you go to the next scripture too, please? Mark 11, 24 says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I love these verses. They're powerful and they're awesome. But sometimes for just for me, and maybe it's just me, you don't have this problem, but they kind of get mixed up in my head. Just kind of, they seem really religious to me. I'm like, man, they seem a little mysterious. And so I just asked, asked the father, I asked him, I said, Papa, I said, what? What's the best way to describe this? And I remember, again, going back to my childhood, you guys just pray for me. But going back to my childhood, dad loved baseball. He played baseball in high school, and he thought, man, Greg, you need, to, you need to play baseball. I really wasn't interested in playing baseball. I just wasn't. I was the kid, that when you see him in the outfield, they're like playing with bugs, and they're walking around, they're chasing stuff. They could care less about what's going on. And dad smoked me in the head with a ball, and, and I was done. I was like, not, not anymore, uh, you know, because... I was looking at him, I had my glove up, but I saw a squirrel or something and I put my glove down, <laughs> bam, right in the head. That's, a, that's like getting hit in the head with a rock, man. No thanks, I don't want any part of that. But it is, it's like a first baseman who, is, who has a guy leading off, he's wanting to steal second and the first baseman's there at the base, near the base, and he's either gonna try and get the guy coming to first from batting or he's wanting to tag the guy out trying to steal second. So what happens if the first baseman is like me as a kid, he's got his glove down, he's standing around, goofing off, he's looking up and hey man, you guys eating popcorn, save me some of that for later, you know? He's kind of just looking around and a white blob goes by his head. And he's like, well, what was that? And the whole team's screaming at him, what are you doing? Get in the game, man, come on. Well, he dropped his glove. He couldn't catch it. So as believers, we need to, our glove is our faith and we need to raise our glove because we don't know when the pitcher's gonna throw it to us. Just like we're, we don't know exactly the day or hour God's going to send that your way. He's wanting to send something. He's wanting to put it right in there. And you've got to raise your glove and be ready. 
So we wanna live by faith. We're gonna raise our glove. We're gonna raise our faith up to receive from the Father, even though we don't know it. We know what is coming. At some point, we know this dude's gonna try and steal. So we wanna be ready for, for when it does happen, amen? So we wanna live by faith. Yeah, come on. I love this too. Did I get Matt? Yeah, Matthew 13, 11 on there. Yeah, he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So we know that ball's coming to our glove. It's coming. Jesus said it's coming. The mysteries of the kingdom are ours. And that is coming. Amen. Yeah. So be thankful as you're waiting. Be thankful and receive that. You know that something's coming your way. You own that. You receive that. You take that. And you say, Father God, I thank you that that's mine and it's coming. I thank you that my daughter is going to be made whole and healed. I thank you that she's fearfully and wonderfully made. I think you begin to thank God in, in the, ahead of time because you know it's coming. This is one, uh, the next one, number four, is one I'm currently working on myself. And this is really cool. A couple of weekends ago, Dr. Harmon spoke at Eden's Harvest. That was really good. I just appreciate his heart to, to see people get fit, get well, and, and, and get free from things that, that uh, hinder our bodies. And so this is one of the things he had mentioned that just really stuck with me is he goes, do you ever notice that at the end of every day it gets dark? Well, duh, right? We know that. But a lot of us may or may not know that because when it gets dark, we flip the lights on in the house, we turn the TV on, we, we grab our tablets, we grab our phones, and we're, we're going, going through there and looking in our eyes. See, these, these devices emit a blue light, and that blue light confuses your, through your eyes, confuses your brain into thinking that it's still daytime. And how many of you, like myself, may, even up to the moment you go to bed, you got your eyes on your phone, or on your tablet, or does anybody watch television and you got your phone and you're kind of, you're trying to watch a movie with your family and you got your phone and you're scrolling through Facebook, it's like you're multitasking. <laughs> and you're not even getting, you're not even, hey dad, did you see that? See what, uh, what? <laughs> you missed it, you know? So what we need to do, it gets dark at night. We were designed to power down. We were designed to be able to shut things down because God wants to speak to you. As we saw in Acts 2, he is going to give you visions. He is going to give you dreams. And in Song of Solomon, it says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. It's the voice of God. It's the voice of the one who loves me, my beloved. And he wants to speak to you in your sleep. And I got another verse for you here in Job. This is really cool because in Job, we usually think bad things because a lot of bad things happen to Job, right? But this was really awesome in Job 33, 14 through 16 from for God may speak in one way or in another, yet a man, a man doesn't perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering in their beds, then, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. We take, we, we really ignore that a lot, but God wants to speak to you in your dreams. And I had a dream Friday night. It was pretty wild. Uh, I was being chased by a semi on foot. The odds were not stacked in my favor. I'm in some place I don't know. I'm trying to get away from it. It, I, it crashed into a tree right beside me. So I'm thinking, yes, I'm free. So I'm going to run off though. I hear the, the semi fire back up and he starts to chase me again. So of course, when you're running from something in a dream, you're knee deep in mud. I don't know why that is. You can't get away. Well, it caught up to me. I wake up. But instead of thinking that was weird, which it was, I said, all right, daddy, are you trying to say something to me here? 
And he began to reveal to me that what I was, there's things in my life I'm going through. And you would think, yeah, every single thing I'm going to give to God, but sometimes we just want to take our own ownership of it and just figure it out. I just need to figure this out. And God's like, if you would let me figure it out, you're going to escape it. You're, I'm going to show you a way out of this. I'm going to show you a way through it. So give him your nights. And then in the morning, don't let the, your phone be the first thing you pick up. And I, I do the same thing. My phone's right there and I want to pick it up. But start to speak God's word in the morning. And, and I'll, yeah, at night too, that, in that 30 minutes, you want to meditate on God's word. Pastor gives us some awesome sermon notes that we can use. We have so many devotionals, resources, so many things at night before we go to bed, we can meditate on. And we can start to pray and ask God, Daddy, how do you want to speak to me? How do you want to speak to me through this uh, process? The things that we're dealing with, where we're going, the wind that's blowing, we're going to pitch our wings by saying, Father, I want to know what it is. And I know that tonight as I sleep, you can give me a vision, you can give me a dream and, and awaken my understanding. So be prepared. If you're, if you're going to ask him for this, be prepared. And there again, we're going back to the phones. Use your voice recorder. I'm starting to use my voice recorder on my phone. And I might, it might sound groggy because I'm half awake, but get that. Because how many knows if you've ever had a dream and you really thought, man, I think God's speaking to me. You wait till the morning. You wake up. Now, what was that again? It's like, I forget. I do. I've got to write it down. So you want to get a notepad, use your phone, something, write it down, do something to track what God's wanting to say to you because he wants to speak to you in the night. He wants us, and we have biblical proof of that. He wants you to, to get that instruction, that direction. Amen. This is awesome. I'm excited now because now I get to go into the part I didn't get to go into the first, the first service because we ran out of time. So that part is our God-man relationship. We have a personal, intimate relationship with God, right? He wants to fill us with his heart. He wants to show us things. And, and there we just learned some ways that we can adjust to the wind of the Holy Spirit and the voice and the heart of God, his thoughts towards us, his will towards us, and his emotions towards us, that his great love and passion for us. But he wants, he's doing that for a reason. Number one, it is to bless you. Number two, he is wanting to use you to love on other people. People that are in your circle of influence, your family, your coworkers, he wants to use you. He wants to fill you with his love and share his heart with you so you'll take that heart of his and then share it with others. And there's two things really quick I'm gonna go over with you that is practical and easy for us to do. And the first one is edification. Romans 14, 16 through 19, seek to edify, not to condemn. And I think that may have got cut off there. Is there more after that? Maybe. No, never mind. Sorry. But we want to seek to edify and not to condemn others. We want to, what, we, what we're doing is when we edify, we want to mine gold. Mine the gold out of people. The good things you see in those people that, are in, that you influence that are in your life, if you're alive and you're here, you've probably been condemned and had bad things and had people talk bad about you over and over and over. We do not want to partner with the enemy, amen? We do not want to do his job for him, right? Come on. We, and we hear, we get that a lot. We live in quite a negative world. But what God is calling us to do is he says, seek to edify. Look, that word seek means to look into. Look into others that God has placed in your life and call out those good things. It might be like, Lewis, I love the way, brother. I love the way 
that you share God's heart with people. I just love that about you. It's amazing. And I love when Sue preaches. I love the passion that comes out in her. It just makes me want to love Jesus even more. And I love the way you speak to your children. I love the way I see you, you instruct and love them. So, it's easy. This is things that you see. You can begin to edify people. And what you begin to do is you begin to build them up. Because you, a lot of say, oh, they don't need to hear that. They know that. Well, if somebody says something about me, Greg, I really like what you do at your job. I think it makes a huge difference. Your boss tells you that. What does it do to you? Like, wow, cool. Somebody recognize that. And it starts to build you up a little bit. And it starts to build a bridge between that person and you to where you can have more influence and love in their life. And it builds a bridge between that person and the Lord. Amen. So, yeah. And here's, the, here's something I wanted to add to that too, is that we do not want to return fire. When, when somebody does speak a, a word over us, it's not so good. We, we want to realize, yeah, right here, Romans 5, 2, 2 and 3. Jesus took that. The reproach was placed on Jesus on the cross. When whatever anybody has said about you, that reproach, was put on the cross and it is finished. What does that mean in layman's terms? That means when somebody cusses you out, you do not have to grab a hold of that, take ownership of it, and now I have to respond back to that person. You can say, nope, Jesus paid for it. Don't you, wouldn't it be amazing to live a life unoffended? Wouldn't that be incredible? It just, whatever, what, you know, the, what's the glue and bouncing off of you thing or whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. We don't want it sticking back to them. We want it nailed to the cross and to remain on the cross where it belongs. Yeah, so we want to edify folks. We don't want to condemn them. We don't want to feel like, well, I've got, you said this about me, so I've got to return fire to you. No, Jesus took care of it. And so, in that, because sometimes we feel a responsibility. Wait a minute, there was injustice here. And because of the injustice, I think I need to do something about it. First, my first choice was to slap you upside the head. But I know that God doesn't want me to do that either. Oh, yeah. Romans 15, two and three says, Jesus already took care of it. It's a done deal for me. So now I can wash my hands of it using manly soap and I can move on because <laughs> we want to remain manly. If my voice started changing, we get concerned. But we do, we, we, want, we want to bless people. We want to call out the gold. Number two, now the second one is prophecy. I know a lot of you just shut off right there. Prophecy is not a hyper uber religious word because we're going to find out something here. Yeah, Revelation 19.10 is basically to summarize that, time's getting short on us, is prophecy is the testimony of Jesus and his heart for his people is what prophecy is. It's not a big hyper religious thing. It's really simple. It really is. Paul places in 1 Corinthians 4.15, look at what Paul says about prophecy. I wish you all spoke with tongues. And when I was going through that hospital in India, I wouldn't have made it if I didn't speak in my prayer language. It was amazing. I would have curled up into a ball in a corner. So that's really important. But he says, but even more that you prophesy. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. So there's such an importance on prophecy. And so what is prophecy? A lot of you prophesied this morning, right? As we were greeting people. If you, if you heard me, I said, hey, tell somebody that Jesus loves you. If you spoke that over someone this morning, you just prophesied over them. Because you've taken an agreement to God's word and you used your voice, which is very powerful. And you shared that with someone this morning. 
you prophesied over them. And that is so exciting. And I've got some other examples here for you. You take the word of God and you take and you insert your name into the word of God. You insert the person you're praying for, their name. Uh, for example, 1 John 4, 17, and I'll have them on the screen for you, but it says, as I live in God, my love grows more perfect. I can face him with confidence on the day of judgment because I live like Jesus here in this world. You begin to prophesy and speak life and agree with the word of God over you. Here's a great one for husbands and wives. It's in Colossians 3.18 and Ephesians 5.25. Wives can pray, as a wife, I submit myself to my husband as, here's your qualifier, ladies, as is fitting in the Lord. My husband loves me like Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for me. And then husbands can say, as a husband, I love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So see, you can take and prophesy by just agreeing with God's word and speaking God's word over and making it personal. The Bible is a relationship book. This book is written in, in meaning to connect you with God and, and with you and to connect you with God and people. It's a relationship book. And he wants you to take his word and use it because... Prophecy is human words hearing what God is placing in their heart. And this is where we get into our words of knowledge. We had some amazing, at the beginning of service, that's incredible that God would take all of us normal broken folks and speak to our hearts. The other day, and this is still somewhat new for me as well, but the other day, Amy, uh, my knee, just out of the blue, my left knee just started hurting. And Amy had later come in and said, yeah, Amber called and said that her knee's hurting really bad. And so I'm like, really? So I got on the phone, hey kiddo, what's up? I hear your knee's hurting. I said, is it your left knee? She said, yeah, it's my left knee. So I'm like, wow, I think God wants to heal you right now. My left knee's hurting out of the blue. There's no reason my left knee should hurt. So I just prayed with her over the phone. She said, dad, my knee feels better. And God wants to use everyday, ordinary people. It's not a special calling. Paul said it, Paul qualified you. The word of God's qualified each and every, he said all, right? All of you. And so he's gonna give you things like that. He's gonna give you a vision, a picture sometimes of words, or, or he's just gonna put somebody on your heart and that you're gonna have a, just a feeling for them. These are all words of knowledge that God wants to use and to share with you. And now I know a lot of you are probably afraid like I was to jump out into that. And God, hey, let's break something. Let's break a religious thing right now. It is okay for you to practice prophesying and to build into and to walk into your prophetic voice. Do it around people you know and love, people who are safe. Don't call somebody on the phone and say, you're gonna die in seven days. That's not biblical, okay? We're not gonna do that. You. When you hear a word and you feel it, you pray about it, you say, okay, Father, what is this? Who's this for? And you kind of, you start writing some things down and you look, oh, it lines up with your word. This is about somebody who's sick and it lines up with the word. So then release it to them. Talk to, to somebody that's in a spiritual authority over you that you love or care about and, and tell them about it. Hey, what's going on? There's something with this. But he wants us all to prophesy. So, hey. Isn't that awesome? We learned some keys, right? We learned some things. We need to become childlike. It's okay. Not that we're going to be goofy and run around and putting gum in people's hair. It's because we want to have a, a, a heart to receive, just to receive what Papa says. 
to know that his word is true and to know that his word we can stand on and we can receive from his heart. Yeah, we want to obey what we know. He's already spoken things to us. There are things that we need to go back to and check. Yeah, this is what you've given me to do. You've given me a heart for this person. You've given me a heart for this ministry. There's something in my marriage you know you wanted me to work on and deal with. So obey those things that you know. So because he's looking for that obedience so he can give you more. Why would he put more into us if we're not gonna do with what we already have, right? Yeah, and we want to live by faith. Keep your glove up. Expect, have an expectant heart. Because Jesus said the, the, the mysteries of, king, of the kingdom of God are yours. So they're coming. So get your glove up. Get ready to receive, to receive what he wants to do. And yeah, try, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm working on this. Give him your night. I want to power down. I don't want the last thing as I turn my, put my head on my pillow was Facebook or whatever, Snapchat, the list goes on there, or Netflix. I want to give him some time. I want to power down. I want to say, okay, the word tells me, Father, that you want to speak. It's your heart's desire. You are my blood. You want to speak to me in my sleep. I've got my notebook. I've got my phone ready. Whatever, Daddy. You just, this thing that we're dealing with right now, just, yeah, as we meditate on the word, yeah, we just receive that. Encourage you to edify. Call out the golden people. We can do this. You may not be an encourager by nature, but God has put people in your life, your family, that your sons and daughters, your, your parents, you can call out those good things. It will change the atmosphere in your home. I guarantee it. It will absolutely change the atmosphere as you call out and edify and build those others up. And don't be afraid to prophesy. Practice, it's all right. Listen to God, say, ask him, Papa, your word tells me you want me to prophesy, that you desire that I prophesy over others. And, to, and so to, you want to quiet your spirit and to hear and be prepared to receive. And then also then be prepared to say, okay, daddy, now you've given me this word, help me share it in a way that's gonna build them up and to bless them and to connect them closer with you.